Sanbonani, good evening, Dumelang, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandongwa Kumalo. I hope you've had a great weekend, you're well rested, and of course, ready to get the week started. I know it's the end of the day on a Monday, so you've probably had quite a long day today. Uh, a lot of us in Gauteng are under siege. It is incredibly hot i feel as though i'm dying i don't know how people in Tswane and above are even doing right now because i feel as though we are living through hell right now but we are of course talking property this evening and that's something that we are always excited to talk about here on the private property podcast but before we get started with our conversation this evening i want to hear from you if you've watched one of our new shows i think one of the great things about you know us here at private property is that we're always giving the people what they want we're certainly you know widening our offering to you and giving you the best content when it comes to all things relating to property and of course that new show that i'm talking about is the farming podcast have you caught wind of the farming podcast yet uh if you haven't then well that's certainly something that you should be tuning into it is of course hosted by umbali moko and it comes to you every tuesday and thursday at one o'clock right here on our social media platforms so if you have an interest in farming you want to find out uh whether you want to start you know with the small farm holding or perhaps you've got funds for a slightly bigger one that is certainly the show that you want to tune into do make sure that you set those reminders for Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m right here on the private property social media pages and tune into the farming podcast I think one of the really great things uh, with the farming podcast is Mbali herself is a farmer has a very big interest in farming and really understands the ins and outs of farming. And that's exactly what we do here. I mean, you've got somebody who hosts this show, the Private Property Podcast, who's an active investor, has been a tenant, is a landlord, and really understand the full spectrum of what it is to you know, be both a tenant and a landlord. And then of course, with the Farming Podcast, we did exactly just that. So bringing you experts, uh, not only to host the show, but also of course, to help us navigate our property Journeys. And now we're going beyond looking at, you know, apartments and houses and even blocks of flats, but of course, venturing into farming. So do make sure that you tune into the farming podcast with Umbali and do show her some love. I think more than anything, we wanted to see that this community is an engaged community where we really do love finding out new things about everything relating to real estate. Well, when we talk real estate, of course, one of the big things that we talk about is come uh, is certainly something that comes to you know being a developer and that's something that we're going to be exploring this evening we're looking at property development do's and don'ts from a seasoned developer i'm sure a lot of you certainly don't need uh, me to introduce our next guest we've had him here before but for the new guys who are watching us whether on instagram youtube or even uh you know new watchers on facebook i'd like to introduce frank Nguyen, who's a co-founder and md of fraudy group frank good evening and thank you so much for joining us Good evening. Thank you for having me and uh, uh, welcome. I'm um, grateful to be here again. Thank you so very much. And, and you know, Frank, I think one of the really big things about having you back on is we're seeing a lot of people having, you know, interest in uh, going into development. And a lot of us probably who want to go into development may not necessarily be looking at, uh, you know, building huge developments. You almost want to start it relatively small. 
yeah. just so you also project manage uh, a smaller unit, uh, smaller units rather, smaller budget, and and make some of the mistakes because the reality is you're going to make mistakes. Uh, I think if, if your story is certainly something to go by, and a lot of other investors that like, there are few teething mistakes that we all make in the early stages of our property investment journey. Yeah. But and you don't want to have to make that with a big budget, right? Yeah. Uh, which probably brings us to the first. What should be the first thing that we should do? I mean, we're exploring the do's and don'ts. Uh, so, to our viewers at home, we're thinking: Look, I've, I've now probably bought maybe two or three investment units. I'm certainly now looking to expand into you know blocks of flats. What should be the first thing that they should do in the event where they want to now uh, you know go and become a developer? Yeah. Now, if they want to move to Another step, let's say they want to buy a block of flats. A very most important thing for, for, for such a person to do is to do, before you buy it, do your lease audit, something called lease audit. By you doing that, uh, someone can come and, and advertise a block of flats of 100 flats with a very interesting, good... Uh, uh, income coming in, but once you get deeper into the underlying, underneath and what's going on uh, behind the scenes, and 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 I would like to say that lease audit it goes in such a way that you 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 look into the all um, people that are leasing that building individually, where are they working, and so on and so forth. Because you don't want to to buy, because you might find that even a year before they started um, uh, advertising, or a few months before they started advertising, they just put everyone, you know, uh, bad tenants, uh, average tenants, and so on and so forth. So they are yeah. selling you that um, uh, potato that is already slightly rotten. And long run, uh, ten months later, two years later, you find yourself having a problem if you don't do your thorough due diligence on, on lease audits, yeah. So that's very, very important. And, yeah. and actually, you know, Frank, I actually love that this is the first do, because more often than not, when we see the adverts, you go on your private property.co.za, you see a really great block of flats. Uh, more often than not, you'll find that estate agents will say that you're going to get, you know, 13% yield, uh, it's fully tenanted, and they'll give you what the numbers are for, uh, you know, the rental collection, they'll give you what the expenses are, they'll tell you that this is how much you'll be netting every month. And you're looking at that advert and thinking, oh, wow, these numbers look amazing. Uh, I should definitely go for it. And you almost don't stop to pause and actually look at the leases that are in place. Are they month-to-month -month leases? Uh, are they long-term leases? How long had they been there? And then even asking for the rent roll, because then that yeah. also gives you an indication of, you know, which tenants are notoriously always paying late, uh, which yeah. ones are always paying on time. Because I think that's one of the things that, especially when you're starting off, you probably don't know to do and check, whereas it should probably be, I mean, usually I ask for that information before I even do a viewing. I think yeah. that's actually the kind of assessment I I, I want to know prior to a view because that would inform whether it's something that I even want to view. So before I even run the numbers, I'm like, just send the intro. Here's the intro. Yeah. I literally would be like, here's the information I require. I'll You're first right. run my own numbers. I'll go through the COJ statements, the works. Then I'll say, okay, this makes financial sense. Now I'll go and view it. If it doesn't make financial sense, as I'm running those numbers, then there's no point in viewing because you don't want there's to go view a right. place 
fall in love, so to speak, yeah. although we always say, Frank, don't fall in love with the property, don't make property decisions based on emotions. So if anything, that really is a big first do. And I love that Frank has pointed that out is do your lease audit. It's so crucial for you to understand the nature of the tenants that you're going to be getting on uh, as soon as you buy the, you know, the block of flats that you yeah. want to buy. Uh, and now, Frank, then what would be the second thing that we certainly should be doing uh, in the event where we are interested in going into uh, property development? Yeah. So just to finish off on the other one is that um, don't count the 12 months of the rental income. <laughs> I will advise you to count at least 10 on all your, you know, count the, because remember there's a lot of movements, yeah. you know, there might be that month where there's nothing or a tenant has moved and so on and so forth. That leads me to my uh, next uh, uh, do that is, I mean, there's nothing so important like a thorough due diligence, you know, especially if it's a, a block of flats, you know, you have to get a, a very, very thorough, vigorous inspection uh, done in there, uh, behind the scenes inspection, your plumbing, because another building can be attractive, uh, but it's a very old, 100-year-old building that uh, was not uh, uh, fixed properly or maintained properly. That can bite you later on. So it's good for you to... And always, when you are going to negotiate on those deals like that, always find something that will allow you to be able to, to, to not to buy, you know? In other words, if it's, let's say, for argument's sake, it's 10 million. So you have to, on that 10 million, you have to create a 100% scenario where you've got your 80, that's good, and you've got your 20 that's bad on the 10 on the 20 percent make sure that you hit them so hard on the bad ones that's mm -hmm. where it may turn the deal around so make sure that on your due diligence on your um on your uh, audits you make sure that you 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 add that 20 percent on your negotiations that will help you to go down and make sure that you get a very good uh analysis regards to what to expect in short term long term and if, if you are looking to you know to, to to take it for a long term so that's very very important due diligence i would i like to say you go in there you smell it you touch it you you walk it you know you do the financials in there you know the the, the finances of the whole thing like i say don't count the whole 10 months uh, so the whole 12 months just count the 10 months so that you are on the safe side because you'll be you, you'll be disappointed you know, uh, because it's, it's a dynamic of so many different, can you imagine dealing with 100 different families, 100 different problems, 100 different scenarios, 100 different tenants, you know, uh, some are subleasing, some are, there's so many dynamics that goes in there. So at 10 months on each unit will at least give you that two months uh, set aside for your contingency plans. If it happens, praise God. If it not, then that's good. At least you're <laughs> your, your plan is is fun at the end of the day you know and frank yeah. you know actually one of the great things that you're pointing out is of course the importance of your due, due diligence because it is one of those things that uh it could be very easy to uh maybe not do as thorough because maybe you trust the estate agent or whatever the case yeah. is. 
at which point would you advise your viewers at home to be bring in even their own inspector to get a because of course further down you'd certainly be doing that especially uh the moment you know you're buying a relatively big building and you're obviously financing it with the bank the evaluators will come and they'll pick up all those issues but certainly for somebody who's looking at you know, assessing deals, also getting a sense of how much work would probably need to be done. At which point would you advise them to be, you know, bringing in an inspector to essentially inspect? I know with some really good sellers, they probably get their own inspector and have a report yeah. that they share with you up front and, they, you know, they put it as part of the investor pack, but not every seller, you know, essentially does that. So as a buyer who wants to be proactive, wants to know what they're getting themselves into from the get-go, at which point should we be then, you know, bringing in that inspector who can give us um, a better view of some of the things that are potentially um, not working in the in the block of flats that you're potentially looking at buying, so that you also have a realistic picture of the costs that are going to be involved for you to fix uh, those issues, or and of course also to arm you when it comes to negotiating that purchase price down. Yeah, I'll say right at the beginning, just before you you even talk about the, the 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 offer and all those sorts of things because people get so much excited that at some time maybe our brains just get so arrested in such a way that you you just forget about everything you are you are you just bought in into that now you are just so make sure that just before you you you, you start talking to and from regards to the because the agent is there to sell the agent yeah. is there to make it, they will bring all those nice uh, things. So it's very good for you to take your time, you know, uh, take your time and right at the beginning, once you are, make sure that you've got layers of your inspection. Your inspection is not just the building. Your inspection starts from the audits so that when you are sitting down in the table, you've got at least something to put down and say, okay, thank you for this. Uh, report. Thank you for your uh, uh, inspection that you've done. But this is what we find out. So you must have you, you you must have power to be able to negotiate. In other words, that remember it will come to help you on your negotiation also when when you are talking because the agent will come with all this. Look, we've done that. Once you just get so excited, and the other thing is that if it's yours it's yours you know so the other thing people just fear that oh i'm gonna lose this look how you know then that's where the problem happens because you are signing running you are not looking you are overlooking things even if you see it you just jump over it because you you, you are running in such a way that you want you just want to get this deal so bad it's so very good because there's also a reason for them to sell in the first place might be they are just selling off maybe this someone was deceased or they are selling off because they are just expanding to you know but all those dynamics make sure that you you i would even want to say I, I don't want to know what is the motivation behind the selling first before i find out the finding out part your inspection your your audits and all your due diligence will at least push you towards the answer they might give you the answer uh, without even you asking, you know? Mm -hmm. So going there, don't act so fast in such a way that you are so excited, not even sleeping at night, because <laughs> this is this is it. I mean, this is it. But you know what? Two years later, you've got a problem. So make sure that you take your time, walk slow. Uh, you know, uh, you don't have to bounce. You know those people that, 
this project has, mess, has made me to bounce back. You are not bouncing back there. You have to take steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Frank, actually, I, I, and I know I keep saying I love this. It's one of those things that you can't quite quantify, right? And, and yeah. you pick it up a lot with the more seasoned investors that when, when a deal is yours, it's yours. You yeah. don't need to... You don't need to go too fast then your mom's like, yes, to get it. Yeah. Like, you will get it. And I think the moment you find that we are faster more and more and more and all these hurdles keep coming, sometimes you almost need to be like, wait, why am I, you know, encountering so many hurdles along the road that are preventing me from, you know, acquiring yeah. this property? Maybe I should stop, take, take stock. Um, and just assess what exactly is going yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. Because I think a lot of, and I've been in those situations way too many times where you're also quite excited. You've viewed the building, you've run the numbers, the numbers make sense. Uh, you were even prudent in your numbers and you're thinking this is the one, but they just keep, you just keep finding these hurdles and getting these hurdles. And, yeah. and at some point you just need to be like, wait, this is not coming together. And right. it's not by lack of, you know, numbers or whatnot. Maybe this is just not meant for me. That's there's always meant. going to be another property deal. And I think that's probably mm -hmm. one of the big things that, uh, you mm -hmm. know, people who've done property for a little bit realize there's always going to be a sweet deal. So if you miss one, it really isn't the end of the world. There are quite a lot of them, especially right now. We're seeing quite a few deals coming up. I mean, sometimes you do have to, uh, you know, kiss a few frogs before you get to your prince, but there right. certainly are a lot of deals. Frank, I want yeah. us to go for a quick break when we come back we'll also explore what are some of the things we absolutely should not be doing because as i can imagine a lot of us are probably going to want to take advantage of you know this buyer's market we are seeing uh, some blocks of flats on the market some of the prices are actually really reasonable and i'm sure yeah. there are people who might want to jump onto those deals without making sure that they do their right research do uh, their thorough due diligence and make sure that they you know follow the right steps before yeah. they clinch that deal. We're gonna go for a quick break and when we come back, I certainly want to hear from you at home. I mean, if you've ever bought, uh, even if it's a small block of flats, you know, what would be some tips you'd like to share with our viewers at home around what worked and what didn't work? Uh, or even if you had bought an investment unit, because I think this is one of those things that you're also able to apply when you've bought an investment unit, especially let's say if you've bought a house that is going to be a multi-let. So really understanding the dynamics of how that essentially is going to work because it's going to be more than one person who's going to be in that particular property. We're going to go for a quick break and we'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to episode 130 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantu Wakumalo. This evening, I'm joined by Frank Nguyen, who's the co-founder and MD of Fadu Group. And we're looking at the property development do's and don'ts from a seasoned developer. Frank, before the break, we were exploring some of the things that we certainly should be doing in the event that we want to, you know, go into buying that block of flats and it doesn't really matter what the size is of course that first one was that lease audit we want to get a sense of what leases are currently in place uh, are they month to month or the nature of the leases and really want to get a grip on that because this is part of what the business is going to be about so you really need to get a very good sense of that activity then you also want to make sure that you're prudent in your calculations uh, you know frank was saying there that if the, you know, there's a lease that's in place for 12 months certainly make sure that you factor in vacancy rates because that is a, re a reality or sometimes where people do not pay their rent on time. And then of course you need to do thorough due diligence and due diligence uh, has various layers. You know, there's one that you certainly do start doing at the very beginning before you even view our sharing, you know, usually when I look at block of flats, before I even go to physically view a block of flats, there's certain documentation that I'm already asking an estate agent, certain questions that I'm already asking an estate agent from the get-go, and that is going to determine whether or not a uh, you know, a block of flats is worth me actually going and viewing. And if anything, I actually use that even when I'm buying one rental unit, you know, so it isn't just for a block of flats. You want to understand are the leases in place, how long are they there for, um, you know, the rental profile, you want to understand what the these agreements that are in place are, and those kinds of things. So I think that's certainly something that you're able to use even when you're buying uh, an apartment or perhaps a house. So it isn't something that needs you to be shopping for a block of flats in order to start doing. And now, Frank, do you share with us what are some of the things we should avoid doing? Because, and we've already touched on one of them, which is, you know, not buying with our emotions. And we always emphasize this one that don't make emotional decisions because ultimately this is a finance decision. Yeah. And if the numbers don't stack up, then don't go rushing into it thinking, oh, somehow the numbers are going to start making sense. What else should we definitely not be doing when it comes to uh, you know, looking at going into property development? D-O-N-T, don't, please, I'll repeat again. Don't, <laughs> you see me laughing. Yeah, don't, um, number one, over leverage, you know? And then number two, don't follow the norm. When it's a boom, don't follow, you know, when it's a boom, everything is go, 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 go. Frank, yes. I actually want to stop you there. Before you even look at don't follow the norm and expand of that, explain to people what you mean by over leverage. You and I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I, I, I smile because I've made that mistake before. I've paid dearly for it. So I understand yeah. all too well the power of being overly geared, uh, the danger rather, not the power, the danger of being overly geared. And that if you didn't do it deliberately and put the right systems in place, you can burn quite literally, uh, you know, at the end of the day. So explain to our viewers what we mean when we say don't over leverage. It's got so many layers, but the one that is common is just uh, overpriced assets that you just go in. I mean, you just go in because it's a go, 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 go. Everyone is doing student res. Everyone is doing this. Then you just go all in there fully, you know, and, and just take as much maximum as you possibly can borrow or get from the banks or, and so on and so forth, because it's just a, a season of go, 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 go. In other words, it's a, 
it's a boom market. So if it's a boom market, a lot of people, that's why every, I'll say eight to 10 years, during that boom, 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 then the 10th year, guess what happens? There is a recession. Then guess what happens? You know, during those boom moments, I don't buy a lot. I don't, I, you know, I, I keep, 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 keep waiting for the bad times. During good times, don't buy a lot as if you are crazy because everyone is buying. Everyone looks so smart when it's a boom market. Everyone looks so smart when it's a, when it's a good market. Everyone is doing student rares. Everyone is doing block of flats. It's, it's nice, everyone. So at the end, when there is too much uh, food, when there is too much uh, 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 items out there, when there is too much um, uh, assets out there, guess what? People get full. Then when people get full, what? They, they're not going out to, 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 then we get the recession. Then what happens? Then we all uh, fall. Then during that time, that's where I've made most of my money during bad times, believe it or not, you know, because those are the times when I'm getting the right deals. You know, yes, you can still buy during the, the good times, during the, now we are on the pandemic season, this is the right time to buy. You were saying when we started earlier that I see very good uh, deals coming in. Those are a good deal. That's the right time for me where I, I, I start looking at deals. We just uh, acquired the land now. I mean, ridiculous price, you know, in a prime area, people just let go. That land, it was going four or five times the, the, the price. It is already zoned for about 22 units. You see, we, we just bought it now close to nothing. You know, but if if we put in an offer five years ago, if it was a go, 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 go time, then guess what? We're going to get it five, ten more uh, times the amount that it is. So I would say don't over leverage on the financing. Don't over leverage on even your your renovations. Don't over leverage on your uh, staff. Don't over leverage on, on each and every corner that you do. Don't over leverage on the, because people also do over leverage on the, beauty of the thing. There are other assets where you don't even have to do a whole all out high end finish, uh, uh, what do you call it? Finish. Uh, the, modern, finish. The, the new modern finishes. I think, it's also, I think, you know, Frank, I think one of the big things is it's also about understanding the market that you're going into, right? So yeah. if you're yeah. going to be going into, let's say, student accommodation, yeah. uh, then there isn't a need to be putting uh, sort of high-end top modern finishes because exactly. you're simply not going to make those kinds of returns. Whereas yeah. in the event where you are going into a more modern, uh, you know, uh, we'll say market base or market pool, yeah, yeah, yeah. then those kinds of, you know, finishes probably add value, you're able to hike up the, the, the rental slightly. But the reality is right now, I mean, especially if I look at, you know, our, the, ma the major metros, there's so much stock on the market that there probably isn't a need for you to go lavish even in some of the finishes. To those at home, we certainly want to hear from you. What have been some good tips that have, uh, you know, 
that you've been able to implement along your property investment journey, especially when it comes to understanding the things that you should and shouldn't be doing, whether you are buying that first block of flats or certainly buying that first investment property. I think it is one of those things that we want to constantly keep learning about, especially right now, as more and more people are increasingly getting interested in property. You almost want to say, look, don't make these mistakes. I made them. They cost me time. They cost me money. There's no reason why you at home should be making them. Uh, Andrika Lekhanyana, I see you on Facebook. I see uh, her saying hello, Zamatunga. I haven't seen Andrika in a while. Thank you very much for joining us. Of course, if you are watching us on YouTube or Instagram or Twitter, we also want to hear the love from you. I haven't heard from the, the resident gang leaders this evening, unless the, the team hasn't sent me your comments, uh, but I certainly want to see uh, some of the activity from the resident gang leaders. So I think one of the big things, Frank, you've pointed out, you definitely don't want to over leverage. You don't want to also follow the norm. What else should we be avoiding when it comes to what we definitely should not be doing when it comes to our property journey? Yeah, if I'll go to the development of just new uh, units, don't go on a sectional title unit without enough funding for it or with a, a fully developed master plan because it's hard, it's very hard, you know. Rather, you can look into your hybrid system, your title plan type of system. It will help you to build because at the end of the day, the bank can be able to pay you per stages. Then, you know, in return, you're able to build fast. I've done some sectional title. It's not easy. It's very hard because it's all cash from your pocket many a times until you are you put your last brick, you know, so it's very hard. Make sure that you research that. Make sure you know the zoning, zoning of even the building that is fully let. What is the zoning there? For example, you want to expand at a later stage. You want to put something down there. You want to put some little bit of stores down. No, you want to do something else. You want to, what is the zoning for that uh, specific, be it land, be it a, a, a building, be it, um, uh, uh, commercial uh, building also, make sure that you do that uh, zoning, ins uh, not an inspection, zoning uh, due diligence also, so that you make sure that whatever you are getting yourself into, and also make sure that you get a very clear uh, behind the scenes amounts that are not attached to the deal, because there is also a lot of uh, uh, amounts that may uh, come your way in future. And also following the norm is that we, we, we tend to, especially the, the creativity, we, we tend to just follow the easier one, the easier part, you know? Uh, the easier one, the easier part, the easier, we, we rush on that, then we find ourselves stuck in there because now everyone is doing it, so I can do it. My brother is doing it there in the corner, then I can do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and and I see we, we've got, uh, and I love this hashtag, Ubongani Queen B Mabunda on Facebook saying, uh, we are here, hashtag top fan gang. I absolutely love that hashtag. I think we're going to make it a thing. Uh, that's hashtag top fan gang, uh, gang rather. So that is, of course, for all the, the, the ring leaders on, on Facebook who are, of course, our top fans. So that's going to be your hashtag. I absolutely love it. We are still, of course, cooking up that competition uh, that I promised 
promised you about where we will have the battle of the social media platforms. So I'm sure that the top fans on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, even on YouTube certainly needs to up their game. And we're going to see what we will give away. I think if you've got any suggestions, do send them through. Uh, I'm still brainstorming with the team what we should make uh, this particular giveaway. I'm liking the, 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 you know, the rivalry between the various social media platforms. So we certainly want to see how would you want this one to be rewarded. I already have a great idea uh, up my sleeves, but I'm not going to share it just yet. I actually want to hear from you at home. What would be a great you know, prize you'd certainly want to get uh, from us? I'm going to share which one I think we, we might be able to to pull off um, in the coming episodes. You certainly do want to stay tuned to that. Uh, Frank, before I let you go, any final tips to our viewers at home when it comes to them going into developing? I think a lot of us are finding it quite lucrative. Um, I'll, I'll share my final tip before I let you go in terms of what people should be doing uh, because mm -hmm. I've, I've walked this, this journey and I've seen a thing or two that I think we certainly should do because um, I think you've covered the don'ts quite well. Any final tip from your side, Frank? Yeah, I'll say, let me balance this this way. Um, there are two markets here. We've got a market of, um, I mean, the location market, that is a 16 billion a year. Um, that's working on between 16, 11 to 16%, uh, the growth part. And we've got the suburbs market. That's a four to eight, uh, four to 6% you know so when you are doing that don't just rush because it's a suburb you know you just rush to that because it's a suburb it's going to be you know uh, quick you, you might find yourself getting into a slower uh, market so there is a booming market that is a location i haven't done uh, i must admit the the location as yet i've done some few plans for my guys they're the location that are doing some some uni some backroom type of <laughs> situation. Mm. Then that market is is thriving, my sister. It's it's really really thriving for those people that are in those part of areas. I would say they can start, and the rules may be slightly better for you there than in the suburbs also. So that's that's very 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 uh, good for you to to have a look at that, you know, and 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 check if it's going to be possible. But apart from saying that. Um, uh, my last word is just to encourage people, just put the foot, put your foot in the door. You know, how do you start? Just put your foot in there, visit those uh, open houses, uh, speak to the relevant people, uh, ask a lot of questions, be willing to learn, you know, be willing to learn, be willing to, to make mistakes also, uh, start somewhere, you know, uh, start somewhere because I've, I, I, I was fed up and I just started from what I had. So what I had was just a piece of land that I, I managed to squeeze in three units and I started from there. So it's it's very simple. I just wrote a book now. In that book, there is nothing 10 points to this. It's just very simple, basic things that you can that we can all do, you know? So it's not something magical. It's just very, very simple things that anyone can do from home and, and, and you can be able to succeed at the end. Yeah. 
And Frank, we're certainly going to leave it right there. And I think before I, you know, wrap up our conversation this evening, my final tip uh, to viewers at home is you actually want to view as many properties as, as possible. Yeah. And this is beyond if you're looking at, for example, you know, certainly now going into buying your first block of flats, even when you're looking for your primary residence or looking for your investment property, make get into the habit of viewing properties. Uh, I mean, I know that this is an extreme. There's a uh, there's a there's a there's a property investor from uh, I think it's from the U U.S. There's a podcast from the U.S. that I listen to, and they were saying that they probably for every one property that they end up buying, they probably view about fifty. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, those those odds are a bit of a mess because if if I had to follow that, I would have viewed quite a lot. Uh, I, I don't think you have to view that many, but you certainly want to get into the habit of viewing properties, especially in the areas that you've identified. You want to be viewing them at different times. You want to understand what you are seeing in different you know, blocks of flats, or if it's an apartment you're looking for, what you're seeing in different estates and complexes, because that really does expose you to a lot that is available out there and also opens you up to being able to ask certain questions once you're serious to make that offer. Um, so do make sure that you're viewing as many as possible. And sometimes you can use the uh, you know, the, the tip that I gave around, make sure that you have almost your previewing questions with the estate agent that you use in order to sift out if you want to view that particular property or not. Yeah. I see here, oh, Sandy Lungomalo saying, we're here, guys, please share the guest contact um, contacts in case we need advice of air. Thanks, Zama. Uh, Sandy, I think one of the things, I think we have shared the link to his website. It is fraudugroup.co.za. I will ask the team to just post it again down here. Um, but when you look at the top of this particular stream, it's fraudugroup.co.za, and you'll be able to reach Frank directly. And of course, that's probably a great note for us to leave it on. Frank, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so very much. And the other one is uh, frankingwenya.com, frankingwenya.com. And, yeah, and, and there you have it, folks. That's also frankingwenya.com. And Frank, we've got a last question here from ooh, one of the top fans, Ubongani Mabunda, saying, asking, what's the name of the book that you mentioned? You mentioned that you've written a book. What's the name of the book? Oh, my book is Anointed for Entrepreneurship. Anointed Anoint for Entrepreneurship. And would they be able to get it on frankingwenya.com? Yes. Yes, there'll be a, yeah. So on frankandgoingout.com, you'll be able to get anointed for entrepreneurship. Well, that does bring us to the end of the Private Property Podcast. It has been a pleasure to be with you this evening. I do hope that we're going to have an incredible week if we don't burn because the heat is actually <laughs> unbearable. And of course, we never leave you alone, whether you are tuning into uh, the Private Property Podcast with myself every weekday at 7 p.m. On Wednesday, SD Clarkson takes over with the first time home buyer show just after this show and of course uh, the new show on tuesday and thursday that is the farming podcast so you certainly want to tune in that is tomorrow uh, at uh, 1 p.m the farming podcast right here on our social media platforms well that's it from me this evening i'll be back again on your screens tomorrow evening until then hope you're staying home staying safe and keeping hydrated i'll be back again tomorrow
Hi, I'm Clifton Smithers. I live in Belito, where my partners and I run a business called Union 3. As a family, we chose to move here about six years ago. What attracted us to the area was the safe and relaxed lifestyle of the North Coast. We're surrounded by so much natural beauty, and we love that it's so casual. It's just not as intense as a busy city. In fact, that's one of the main reasons there's so many people moving into the area. There's some amazing lifestyle estates out here. We've got some Bali, Brettonwood Estate, and Zimbiti, to name a few. The Belito Lifestyle Center caters to everyone's needs. There's also some smaller commercial centers like Tiffany's and Salt Rock. There's some excellent restaurants to choose from, and there's a really wide variety of activities on offer. From mountain biking out on the trails to surfing at any one of the beaches, there really is something for everyone. This quiet little town really comes alive over the weekend. The live concerts in the farmer's market at the Lichi Orchard is very popular. With the new international airport just 15 minutes down the road and the unmatched lifestyle that this place offers, it's no wonder that the North Coast is the fastest growing town in South Africa. My family and I absolutely love it, and this is our neighborhood.